Hello there, hockey fans. How are you doing today? It's Talking Hockey, the hockey talking show, everyone's favorite program. How about Talking Hockey? Co-host Tom here with you. I got co-host Jared with me. It's season six, episode 16, one that we're going to call the Tucker, uh, as in Darcy Tucker. Uh, when we think 16 on Toronto Maple Leafs, that's who we're thinking of. Uh, he was, you know, a beauty through the 90s, 2000s, if you will, and uh uh, even if you didn't like the Leafs, you probably had a little bit of a soft spot for Darcy Tucker, unless you're a fan of the New York Islanders. We'll get into that. We're going to get into a few other things, a couple big trades, including one with your own Winnipeg Jets. Uh, and uh, we've got also, you know, the Four Nations Cup announcement. We're, we'll talk about that, Team Canada type stuff. And uh, yeah, lots to talk about. All-Star Game stuff, you know, was he, wasn't he? Uh, i.e. on mushrooms um <laughs> yeah co-host jared how you doing today man uh i am good not a, not as good as buble was the other night <laughs> right yeah but but i am <laughs> i am maintaining yeah so, there you go yeah <laughs> nice yeah that was that was quite the press conference i don't know if you saw well, it I, okay, didn't, so... I didn't see it but i saw clips on the internet after sure yeah. so so he he talked about it and he leaned into it and he was all about it. And then he got a bit of blowback. And then he was yeah. just like, well, maybe I wasn't. Maybe it yeah, wasn't as big a deal. a bit of fun. Yeah. And then uh, and then and then uh, the Beebs showed up on Saturday <laughs> and he was dressed as a mushroom. He looked like a mushroom like from uh, Mario. The Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah. And the, like, what is going on? What a I weird. Could... Yeah. What a weird world. The all-star game has become. Is. Yeah. 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 So we'll get into that. But yeah, but before we do, I guess we kind of want to talk about Darcy Tucker. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going through the list of number 16s on this show. We've already featured Trevor Linden twice. And I suggested, well, why not the Trevor Linden hat trick? Uh, but, you know, we decided not against it at this time. Uh, we, we've we've we did Michelle Goulet, another beauty 16, but there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them yep. out there. So there's a lot of honorable mentions and Darcy Tucker, I think in the purest of hockey senses, wouldn't be the next best 16, but we thought he was worthy um, for a few reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, we like his hair. Yeah, good flow. Um, yeah. He was an, an entertaining player, full of character. Um entertaining and, meaning he was a bit of a pain in the ass yeah, like, yeah. always up to something you know yeah yeah he and, had he had that the the grit that mm-hmm. uh folks folks like he he could uh, put the puck in the net but he also liked to spend some time in the penalty box so yeah and i think i feel like that's what brad trey living when he was talking about the toronto maple leafs this summer after he mm-hmm. got hired uh, as gm there and and was talking about 
whatever. What was the quote he said to get some snot or something in the lineup or whatever? Some I mean, snot? first of all, I believe that's what he said. And first of all, it, it reminded me of when Brian Burke was like, oh, we got to get truculence or whatever he said, which at the at the time was like the first time I'd ever heard that word. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But uh, I feel like basically Trey Living wanted Darcy Tucker and he got what he thought was the next best thing in Tyler Bert- Bertuzzi. Bertuzzi's Ooh. not really been. No. Uh, what he, you know, I don't know. No. But well, and I mean, like they they tried to they tried to do that with uh, Bertuzzi and and Ryan Reeves and Max Domi. Yeah. Who, Max Domi's never well, really been that sort of player, right? Like he's not his dad, but no. Uh, but I mean, he did have uh, a temper for like when he came in. Like he came in with Phoenix, I guess, but when he was on the Habs, I remember like his first Habs game, mm-hmm. he sucker punched somebody and like cold cocked them, you know? Yeah. Uh kind of a dirty thing the way she goes, I guess. But uh yeah, anyway, we're not talking about Max Domi. We're talking about Darcy no, Tucker. Darcy Tucker. Yeah. So yeah. he played for played for four teams. He did. Uh he played for uh the the Montreal Canadians and he played for Tampa. The Leafs, as you know, and then wrapped up with Colorado. So yeah. Montreal, just shy, just shy of a thousand games, nine hundred forty-seven. Yeah. So he was drafted in the sixth round of the ninety-three entry draft by the Canadians. Mm. Uh, had a had a pretty stellar four-year junior career. Well, really three-year junior career uh, with the Kamloops Blazers of the WHL and one. A memorial cup in each nice. of those years as sort of a true dynasty um yeah last, Cam loops was good back then last two years hey, uh, was he no that was it would have been later sorry i was gonna say again because he was a blazer but he would have come after yeah Darcy. so so the last two years though he put up uh 52 goals uh and uh 140 points 143 pims and then in 94 95, he put up 64 goals, 73 assists, 137 points, only 94 penalty minutes. So he was focusing on putting the puck in the net. Some crazy uh, numbers. Pretty good numbers. Like, not what you would expect for Darcy Tucker, right? Well, when you when you think of him as an NHL player and, you know, his, his best season, he had, you know, 60, 61 points, maybe, I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. 05, 06 with the Leafs. That was his age 30 season. You know, he hit 50 points a number of times, uh, but mostly he was a 30, 40 point kind of guy. Um, and as we mentioned, you know, he spent his time in the sin bin. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't like uh, an enforcer or a fighter or anything, really. I mean, he didn't shy away from fighting, I don't think, but like, that wasn't his calling card, you know? No, um, like I said, he was a pain in the ass. He was an yeah. agitator, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, he, like, uh, yeah, one of those Think guys. Brad Marchand, you know? Well, sure. <laughs> but like, and, and that guy's changed his game, right? Like, he doesn't really do, like, his penalty minutes are way down what, yeah. what they used to be. Um, out of, out of uh, the love of trivia, you want to know mm-hmm. who went first overall in 1993? I'll give you a hint. Hmm. There's a documentary about it right oh, now. Oh, Alexandra Degg. 
Yeah. I've been I've been looking at that documentary. I think I'm going to watch it. Also, cool. hey, I've been meaning to mention this on the last couple of shows. Do you have Crave? No. Crave, Crave TV? Well, no. I'm missing it. I know. It, well, well <laughs> I don't know. You know, well, Shorzy, isn't that on Crave? Shorzy, sure. But on Crave, in conjunction with uh, some sort of Swedish um, uh, production company, there is a like docu or drama oh, series Bjor- about about Bjorn Bjorn uh, Salming. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that. yeah, Bjorn. Or, yeah, what's his name? Yeah, Salming. Bjorn yeah. Bjorn Salming. Eh, Something Salming. like that. I've and seen the ads. I saw the the trailer, if you will, and Biore. Yeah, Bort. Oh, look pretty good. Jesus, I know, right? Well, like, we should know this, yeah. man. It's a good thing that the uh, the Leafs uh, the Leaf fans don't listen to this. <laughs> or the Leafs PR team is yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. And then yeah. we're not doing this out of disrespect. It's literally our uh, Swedish pronunciation. I think we're just a little uninformed. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, Darcy Tucker, uh, like we said. Got traded from the Habs, the Lightning, with uh, Stefan Richet, who used to put the puck I in the net. Richet, he had a slap shot, hey, holy. Yeah, and then uh, uh, former Winnipeg Jet Igor Ulanov went the mm. other way, and then uh, he played three seasons in Tampa before he got traded to uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs for Mike Johnson, and so he kind of hung his hat in Toronto. Um, you know, he was yeah, definitely he had 531 games in Toronto. And then each of his other three stops were, you know, less than 200, like 167 in Tampa was his mm-hmm. next most, mm-hmm. which surprises me because I honestly don't really remember him as a Tampa Bay lightning, but you no. know, that, <clears throat> that was the late nineties turn of the, you know, and, and I don't think Tampa was much of a, like they hadn't yet made a final or anything like that, and no, the novelty of them being an expansion team had, you know, worn off a few years. You know, like they were kind of a black hole of hockey. You know, <laughs> well, they were. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I completely. This is pre-internet, really. I mean, the internet existed, but you know, you know, you get, not every game's televised and so on, right? So, um. Yeah. Yeah, but Darcy Tucker, I'll give you the rundown of his career stats just, you know, since we're here. Uh, 947 games played, 215 goals, 261 assists, 476 uh, career regular season points with my career minus 86, uh, 1,410 penalty minutes. Uh, You know what? He had 39 game winning goals in his career. That's pretty good. Uh. Playoff-wise, he did add 68 playoff games, mm-hmm. uh, uh, 21 points, 10 goals, 11 assists. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 58 of those uh, playoff games were with Toronto. Um, so he was on sort of that last Leafs team that made the playoffs somewhat regularly. Mm-hmm. And then they had the 20-year gap to now, basically. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you're talking your your Matt Sundin's your like who would have been some of his Leaf contemporaries? Matt Sundin, I guess. Uh, like well, Wendell Shane, and uh, Wendell. Well, maybe Wendell Wend- had a couple stints, but Wendell maybe on his on his way Last back legs, yeah. back around. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, 
well, shoot, Shane Corson when he played for the Leafs because then Tucker ended up marrying his his right. sister. Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting <laughs> twist. And Corson would have been his teammate in Montreal, maybe? Or maybe oh, Corson might have already been gone out of Montreal by the time Tucker was there. Uh, so he played they, with, they probably he played, had some overlap in their he career. He played with Sundin. He played with uh, Brian McCabe, Thomas mm. Caberle. Nick Andropov. Uh, Carmen, Carmen Mantobazon, Eddie Belfer, Eddie the Eagle mm, Belfer. Eddie would so, have been the goalie back then. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the team. Oh, Eric like, Lindros was on the Leafs for uh, when Tucker was on there. Uh, um, this is like those teams coached by uh, was it Pat Pat Quinn? I think it would coach. have been Pat Quinn. Yeah. Pat Quinn, yeah. and then later Paul Maurice. Uh, so yeah, I mean Tucker. I think you know what. He's the kind of guy you want on your team, but you hate to play against. Like mm. he, he seems like a real pain, pain in the butt. Um, and you could, you could ask Michael Pekka, because uh, Pekka uh, got a... got the old low blow from Darcy Tucker in the playoffs, yeah. and it blew out both his MCL and ACL. Uh, and then four years later, they were teammates in Toronto. So you know. <laughs> Way she Water goes. Under the way, way she go. Way she goes. I guess. Yeah. Uh, so then he wrapped up a couple of years in Colorado. Uh, you know, uh, respectable numbers. Probably playing third, third, probably fourth line minutes. And then, yeah, uh, yeah and then he retired. Like you said, just shy of a thousand thousand games. Yeah, uh, would have been nice to get to that. Get the old pension and and all the fun stuff that comes with it. Um, I think probably really though, like, you know, if you're that close and you don't make it, it's because you probably physically cannot. Oh yeah. You know, it's probably not mental at that point. So it's like, yeah, sure. I'll play 60 more games, whatever it's, it's probably like, no, the, uh, the back, the back isn't letting me, the knees aren't the hips, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, and so he, uh, apparently I I just did some quick internet research. Became a player agent afterwards, oh, cool. um, but I couldn't find any players that he represents. So uh, he seems to be living the life of a retired NHL player. Uh, yeah, he's making the rounds, uh, in and or, doing in some and charity around. things, uh, like charity games or whatever. And yeah, well, drinking seems to be... w- drinking wine with other celebrities and whatnot. And, yeah, well, and um, uh, you know, I bet you he was in and around uh, Scotiabank Arena this weekend. In the certainly he seems, a... seems to be around the GTA and yeah. uh, hobnobbing with all the old uh, goons in uh, the blue and white. So yeah, made made an appearance recently, as you said on. Uh... TSN Overdrive, uh, sister <laughs> program of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. <laughs> yeah, Darcy Tucker but, uh, had had to eat lunch with the O Dog, which yeah. I wouldn't probably wish on anyone. So, uh, with that, <laughs> with that, uh, we should play a song. Yeah, we'll use we'll use Tucker and his Leafs connection as a segue to uh, the second uh, period of the show coming up right after the song. It's going to be a new. It's a it's a new single from. Halifax band out of controller. We've played this band on the show before. Um, yeah, kind of sweet, like uh, Ramon style pop punk, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, they've been kind of experimenting with their last few singles. I find like, and uh, I, I kind of like the direction it's gone. Uh, anyway, this is a song called "Gimme Nothing" by Out of Controller, right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. 
All right, that was Gimme Nothing by Out of Controller right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's uh, Monday, February 5th. Or, you know, if you're listening to this on a podcast, it's a little later than that. But you're tuned in on uh, UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg uh, and streamed everywhere. So, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, we would like to segue from Darcy Tucker. We'll kind of get back into Toronto stuff with the All-Star game in a minute, maybe. But we do have to kind of talk about the big trade the Winnipeg Jets brought in Sean Monaghan mm-hmm. on for this past Friday. They they dealt a first round pick and a conditional third to Montreal for the services of pending UFA Sean Monaghan. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like a day or two previous, the Vancouver Canucks acquired uh Elias or Elias Lindholm from Calgary in exchange for a first round pick, some other draft pick, two prospects and a guy that scored 39 goals last year. Yeah. But plays very little defense. Yeah. And he's been healthy scratched a lot this year. Um, But when you look at the price of the two players that Mm -hmm. were changed uh, teams, you know, uh, you look at the stats and the numbers of Lindholm versus Monahan. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not that different. Maybe Lindholm's a little more complete of a player. I don't know, but I mean, and to be like, fair, to be fair, Lindholm is, I think, having uh, by all accounts a down season. Right? Sure, can't be much fun playing hockey in Calgary this year. And Monahan, um, you know. Uh, not resurgent season after a couple yeah. of down years. Yeah. And, and so... here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Vancouver might have a line on re-signing Lindholm and they well, might have, no- they might know it. Calgary might've known it. And so that was part of the big exchange because, sure. you know, Vancouver's got the Swedish mafia, the Swedish man. Ma- yeah. So, and he's a guy that is probably right on their radar mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so on. But uh, all that's besides the point. Um, Yeah. So uh, Monaghan, I think, is so I like the deal for for two reasons. Obviously, Monaghan is a guy that has been we've talked about here uh, a couple of times when we've talked about trade trade targets. But he's a guy who can play all four lines. He can move up and down. uh, He can play the power play. He doesn't have a contract beyond this year, which is is Winnipeg, Winnipeg friendly. And uh didn't cost us a lot. Well, now you'll say, okay, well, cost us a first round draft pick, but people, you got to remember that we've got Montreal's second round draft pick in this coming draft, which I think is going to be within the first four or five picks. And a difference of maybe 10 picks, you know what I mean? And this draft by all accounts uh, is, is a little thinner. It's it's like sort of, you know, 18 to 20 guys deep. That's what um, they've been saying. And I'll give you another reason why that first round draft pick isn't, in my opinion, anything to really sweat losing over mm-hmm. or to to sweat over about losing. Mm-hmm. And that is because when you look at the uh, collection of young fellas who are mostly first round picks that the Jets have in their system right now, mm-hmm. all in that sort of 20 year old range, you know, couple mm-hmm. that are younger, couple that are a little older, but they're all right in that in that group of uh, 20, 20 or so year old guys. That's a really good group. And they didn't have to trade away any of those guys. Yep. So, uh, you know, 
in a way, like with the aforementioned reasons you said, like about the the draft depth and whatever, is this draft pick, you know what I mean? Is it that big a deal? Because you've already got a little stable of, of guys who are pushing the club oh. and you've got a team that's, you know, playing uh, their sixth overall in the NHL right, right now, so but they're not that far removed from first presu- overall. So. Right. So presumably we're drafting in the bottom third of the first round. Uh, now, if it was where we've been drafting the last few years, um, maybe, maybe it's a bit more of an issue, but I think, you know what? I think you got to pay a price at a certain time. And I think that, you know, seeing Winnipeg jump up like this and get him well in advance uh, is is the sort of thing you want to see if you're a Jets fan because he's going to get get an extra 10 games, 8, 10 games than, that he would have not gotten if we had picked him up at the trade deadline. Yeah. And so, you know, it's yeah, a chance. That's to, still a month away, basically. Yeah, integrate him into the team. And so he was skating on a line today, second line with Perfetti and Ehlers. Uh, and so... If you say like uh, Scheif comes back, our first line's back intact. That great third yeah. line is back, and then uh, a fourth today, line today of... being today being Sunday. We're recording yeah. this on Sunday, so Monday. Uh, th- their next game is Tuesday, Tuesday against Pittsburgh. Right. So yeah, yeah. So, so he's it was their first practice since the All Star break, and they're back at it. Scheifele was on the ice in a regular jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach says he's playing on Tuesday, and then yeah, Monahan's in town, practicing with the boys, skating mm-hmm. with Ehlers and Perfetti. Yeah, um, I like so, that. And then that so, bumps Nemestikov down, I guess, eh? Down, but that fourth line, right? Like, it, like so now it's Baron Nemestikov and Kapari. Uh, I follow. Oh, I follow. Right, so right. you can you can roll like four really really good lines. Um, so, you know, it leaves Tony Anato, Janssen Fialbi, Gustafson and Kapari kind of as the guys on the outside looking yeah. in. Yeah. Um, now the one thing that we, that we, uh, should also mention, cause we've talked about him over the course of the year is the Jets lost Declan Chisholm, yeah. uh, put him on waivers and, and our friends eight hours Weekend to the South Minnesota picked him up. Now I, you know, we've talked about this back and forth. I would have liked to have seen Big Stan go, but you know, what are you going to do? The interesting thing was uh, I saw Old Bones get asked this a couple of times as to, hey, why are you putting, like, this is is this another case of, like, Kovacevic and uh, Wonke and, and, you know, giving away these great defensive guys that you've uh, brought up and then you lose for nothing. And he talked about, or sorry, Bones and Sheveldayoff talked about the fact that they felt like it was a player that obviously they don't want to lose him, but he was expendable because Hanala is. Well, that's the thing. You got to think ahead of ahead of the game. And you think you got to think the only reason that Chisholm had to be sent down. Mm-hmm. Was because you know, and I mean, Chevy's got his reasons about Big Stan. The yeah, Stanimal, I know, right? I and, know, and us fans can't understand it. But, <clears throat> but that said, you know, look at the type of player Chisholm is. Look at the type mm-hmm. of player Hanel is. Yep. 
kind of similar, right? Oh, yeah. For uh, sure. Smooth skating defenseman can move the puck. Not overly big. Uh, Chisholm does have a little bit of snarl to his game. But mm-hmm. in the in the early stages of this year, training camp exhibition before Hainola broke his leg, we yep. kind of were seeing him. Uh, and uh, granted, it's exhibition, whatever. But, you know, he looked quite comfortable out there mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know, size-wise and strength, whereas I think in years previous, we've seen him get pushed around. We forget how young he is. He's Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, so him, the prospect of Vili Hanala coming back right now is, it can't be overlooked, and that's kind of a secret, like it could turn into a real nice secret weapon in a way. I'm not saying he's going to turn the tables of, but, you know, on a playoff run, and let's knock sure. on wood here that the Jets have a nice playoff run. Mm-hmm. You're going to need con- con- contributions from you know all over the place. You're going to need a seventh and an eighth defenseman, and well, yeah, he and, could, and uh, he could get a shot. Sure. And the other thing that uh, you know, before we move on, that I like about the Monahan uh, acquisition is that he is on a real affordable contract between now and the mm-hmm. end of the year. Means that the Jets still have about three and a quarter million. Well, so, so what I saw was that they had about, I think it was just under five, but if you account for bonuses and some stuff that has to be paid out to players, like Mm. I think Cole Perfetti is going to hit some bonus benchmarks that they're looking at of having about $3.2 million at the deadline to kind of play with. And so you could go out and, uh, Ethan, my son, Ethan, and I, we were talking about this and it's just like, okay, so next move, trade us a trade, a draft pick. We've got two draft picks in the second round this year. If you can entice Calgary, take a second round draft pick and take, take big Stan and give us Chris Tanev. I would love that, man. I would love. Sure. And then. Because he's a right-hander, and the yeah. Jets could use a right-handed defenseman. It's uh, it's true. And um, he's got he's got a history here. He played uh, his minor league here with uh, oh, the he Moose. played for the Moose. Yeah, because he was originally Canucks. with uh, the Canucks, yeah. right? And then the the third component is you talk to Rutger McGrory and you say, "Hey, bud, like you've done all you can do. It's time to turn pro. Go pro." GoPro and so that I like that as, as another addition like at the deadline, right? Um, you know, pipe dreams. Jared, why and... don't they make you assistant no, general Ethan, manager? Ethan, Ethan is the assistant okay. general. I well, just I like those drive ideas. Him, I just drive him to practice. So <laughs> I like those ideas. Uh, yeah, yeah, because Bones actually used to be an assistant coach in Vancouver when Tanev yep. was coming up. Yeah, so he and... uh, he knows him from there. Tanev's the kind of guy, man. I mean, he he'll block, and he has. He's blocked shots, you know, with his face, like Mark Stewart, a Jets defenseman from a few years back, who's now an mm-hmm, assistant mm-hmm. in Edmonton. I want to say, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, one of those heart and soul beauties who uh, they'll just do whatever it takes to to win a hockey game, and for sure. Oh man, yeah, second and Stanley for Chris Tanev. Well, and, a, and apparent, apparently that that is the start. That is the asking okay. price is right. a second round pick plus. So yeah. who's who knows? But I like I like the fact that they 
saw what Vancouver did, and they jumped in there and they got going. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I think that's key. Actually, getting an extra eight to ten games by getting them now instead of a month down the road. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Uh, for Montreal, like looking at what they ended up getting for Monahan was a first round pick. Well, C- Calgary gave them a first round pick for this year yeah. to take Monahan, so they've yeah. actually gotten two first round draft picks for their, you know, two less than two years of service out of Sean Monahan, which um, you know, I mean, good for them. Uh, nice, nice. Good work for us. Montreal. We got yeah. we got Monahan now, and uh, I'm excited to see him in in jet blue as it as it were what, mm-hmm. going forward here yeah so, for sure a couple um, games against the penguins to kick things off on the way back but yeah yeah so, so how about that all-star game well okay so <laughs> the all-star game you know what honestly uh i watched the skills competition okay I saw very little of that. I'm still trying to figure it out. So they totally revamped it. and Yeah, they've and only it, got 12 guys. So 12 guys, and it's like... so Most they of worked, them were Leafs and Canucks. Yeah, so <laughs> 12 guys, seven teams represented, and it was... Now, the thing that was cool about it was it was an actual skills competition. And so what the NHL did was... Pardon me. They uh, consulted with Connor McDavid. And said, hey, we need some help. The skills competition last year in Florida was a bit of a joke. There's like stuff happening on a golf course and there was stuff. Well, I thought that was the whole thing because they started that in Vegas a couple years ago. And And it just doesn't make any sense. And so they said, I I thought they were going to do that in Toronto and go up on the CN Tower and stuff. Well, yeah, this is what you predicted last week. Didn't happen. That Drake was going to be involved. I'm glad I did not go on bet 99 to do that. But uh yeah. Well, and so they got got McDavid in the mix, and he put together. Well, yeah, of course he won a million bucks. Which you know, conspiracy theory is is this the NHL paying him for his yeah. help in putting uh, this yeah, thing together? Uh, but it was an actual skills competition, so like puck relays and you know stick handling uh, things and you know, target shooting and hardest shot and fastest skater and a lot of the, but a lot of the, the showy razzle dazzle, uh, theater stuff was gone and it was kind of cool, but Mm. it was, um, yeah, there was like, like I said, seven teams were represented. Sydney, Sydney Crosby was not part of this skills competition outside of, passing somebody a puck in one of the events. Yeah. And like, to me, the people who did the hardest shot competition, mm-hmm. no disrespect to Kale McCarr who won with a, with a hard shot. Yeah. But that's not who I want to see in a hardest shot competition necessarily. I don't think, is it like, I don't know. No, I want Ally Afraidy to come. Yeah. <laughs> to, I want him to show up. Former yeah. Leafs legend, Ally yeah. Afraidy. Um, but it's just weird the way that it was like, okay, you know, here's your 12. And how did they get chosen? Was it that they were voted by their fellow all-stars or I what? Don't I don't know. I don't or know. Or were they just like, okay, you you know, you're Austin Matthews, you're Connor McDavid, you're yeah, whatever you're doing this. And um, yeah, it was uh, the best part about it for me was honestly was Kucherov because mm. he was picked. He's awesome. 
uh, like well, as like a player, got eighty something points this year. Right? And... But he did not want to be there, man. And no. he he got booed. I like in in the grand aggregate. I think he got half a point <laughs> for the whole thing, and like he he messed up in the puck uh, in the stick handling relay, and mm. yeah, so it's uh, he leads the NHL with eighty five points right now. Yeah, so, so obviously. I mean... He's got some skill. Yeah. He's got some skill. Uh, but he did not want to participate. And it was very, very evident. And he got booed all throughout the weekend, which he totally leaned into and was like. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, he's played yeah. for Tampa for a long time. They've played Toronto in the playoffs a few times now. You know what I no. mean? I don't think he has any love lost for Toronto and their fans. No, no. He couldn't care less. No. Uh, I So the NHL, uh, or sorry, the All-Star game. Uh, it continues to get more and more confusing to me by the year. I mm. want to go back to the, I, I, you know, A, I didn't realize that it was actually happening yesterday afternoon. Like it was all done by like four o'clock in the afternoon. And yeah. it was like some sort of three on three tournament and the draft. And I, I didn't really get it. But the cool announcement that I thought coming out of the weekend was that next year, they're going to be going to uh, back to a team-based event uh, called the the Four Nations Cup, yeah. and it's going to be a, a game, a total of seven games over an extended break, and uh, there's going to be obviously Team Canada, the U.S., and then uh, Finland and Sweden, and it's going and... to be hosted between Mont- Montreal and Boston. Hmm. And no, no skills, no, right? And I love, I always love watching uh, players, the best players in the world play for their, their home countries, right? Um, but like the yeah, old like Canada I, Cup, man. Well, I, I love I that. I feel like this is basically a Canada Cup, you yeah. know? Um, they're calling it the Four Nations Cup, whatever. It's, it's the Canada Cup. Yeah. And I'm into it. I think... Some people have criticized that I've seen online that, um, well, you know, no, oh, no, it's only no, four countries. You don't yeah. get your, you Czech, know, Slovak, what about all the, and it's the like, Swiss, yeah, yeah, I, the Germans. I, I get it. I, I would like to see all that, but we did get the announcement that NHL players are going to the Olympics, mm-hmm. the next two Olympics. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get, we'll get them then, I suppose, but right. Well, and there's and no Russia could... because of, uh, them obvious reasons or whatever. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, That's Russians, exactly why. Not the Russian people, but you know, like the entity, the nation of yes. Russia, whatever. And I mean, and... you could have you could have gone with like a team, team can like remember when they did like that team, yeah, North team America, Europe or whatever, team exactly. Europe, yeah. young guns. They could have done a team Europe, yeah. and I wouldn't have minded that. But yeah, I, and I think the other criticism I've read is that. You know, how hard are these players going to try in an in-season tournament like that? And my answer is somewhat related to what you just said. Players love playing for their country. Oh, yeah. I think. And then once the games start, yep. I think you'll see some intensity ramp up because they don't want to lose. And nope. they're playing and they're looking at the crest on the team that cross from them. And so, Team Canada's in there saying, hell no, we're not losing to... Well, USA or and whatever, that's, and know? that's and that's the thing, right? Is 
the two the two European teams that they picked have mm. a story like rivalry. Other. They do <laughs> yeah. not like one another. And you know what? Anytime that we can play against the U.S., man, I want to beat them. I want to yeah, beat them. The U.S. just pissed off Sweden when the World Juniors. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. Yeah, it'll be good. And it, like you say, it's a forerunner for the return to the Olympics, which we're going to talk about right away. But I think we have to take a break. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. Time. Yeah. So um, let's play the telepathic butterflies. Ah, yes. The telepathic butterflies. So great local band. Uh, this record actually came out last summer, but just got a proper release. Uh, they did a show at Times Changed. Uh, and these guys have been around for 20 plus years and, uh, uh, the record's called plan B. And so, uh, I'm going to play this song 20. I don't know if it's because they've been around for 20 years, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, Take yeah, hit. yeah, yeah. Just deal with it. Uh, <laughs> so telepathic butterflies here on, uh, talking hockey, the hockey talking show. by Winnipeg band The Telepathic Butterflies right here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. You're listening on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. You can podcast and stream us anywhere and everywhere. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every Monday. We uh, come up with a new show. Unless, of course, uh, you know. We don't. We don't. (laughs) In which case, we'll run a replay because we've been doing this show for six years now. And uh, yeah, Jerry, this is your second year in the seat, basically. And uh, you kind of came in as interim co-host last year a bit. <clears throat> Randy's got a whole lot of different things going on, filming his film career, whatnot. So 
um, yeah, uh, we've got about what 10, 12 minutes here to talk some Team Canada, right? Um, and you know, I oh, mean, sorry. an initial an initial conversation because we're going to be talking about this for the next couple of years. Yeah, exactly. We can debate. We can refine this list as it goes mm-hmm. on. But you know, we're about a year out now from this Four Nations Cup, which they're claiming is going to be a best on best between Canada, USA, Finland, and Sweden. Mm-hmm. You know, and then in twenty twenty six, the boys are heading off, and the girls, the boys and the girls, they're heading off to Milan, Italy. Beautiful Milan. I don't know that the city itself is as beautiful as other Italian cities, uh, but it is a mega tropolis, if you will. I don't really know what, you know, it's, but it's uh, a center of um, Alpine culture. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like in the foothills of the Alps there. They, they, uh, they like their winter sports. They got a lot of skiing going on, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Well, you know, I love the snowboarding, the skiing, uh, the speed skating, the the luge, what a bunch of crazy bastards those guys are. The skeleton, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about Olympic hockey for for me, and oh yeah, uh, I'm sure for you. And it just it just doesn't really get any better, does it? I don't know. No. Well, and no, and like talking about it in the last segment, there is something about uh, playing for one's country, I think. I mean, I never, obviously never got the opportunity to do anything like that, but no. it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a big thing, right? Where you're. Well, and just a Matt, just think about how you felt watching it in oh, 2010, yeah. you know, 2010 for guys our age is, uh, remember exactly where we were, what we were doing, um, all that kind of stuff. Same as like guys, our dad's age, probably who it was with the 72 series. Oh yeah. Um, so it's, you know, those big moments of international hockey for Canadian Mm -hmm. hockey fans are, are huge. And so hopefully a new generation will get to have their kind of moment and, uh, um, 2026 in Milan. I mean, that's a couple years out. Sidney Crosby's already what? 36 years old. Born in 87. Quick, do the math. <laughs> yeah, 36, 37 for sure. 37, I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. So, a so, couple years, he'll be. You know, he's pushing 40. Yeah. You know. So, here's my initial question my lead off question Is Sid Crosby on your Team Absol- Canada Olympics 2026? Absolutely. Yeah. That as is long out. as he and, can skate, as long as he can skate, he's on yeah. the team. And, you and know he's what? wearing the C. He's wearing the C for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I think um, he's going to be what he's going to be one of the guys um, that it's going to be sort of debated back and forth. But I mean, he's 30, like, like Gretzky and Nagano at 98, right? Um, yeah. He's past his prime. Everybody knows it. Sure. But he's I mean, 30, he's 37 years old right now. And he's what? Top six in the NHL. And he's scoring. got 27 goals right now. Yeah, well, no, that's, like, you know, no, no signs of showing down. So if he doesn't fall off a cliff and mm-hmm. he stays healthy. I can't see any way that they're not like giving that to was, him. Especially... I think it was Trocheck on All-Star Weekend here. Trocheck, I think it was. I saw a quote 
talking about Sidney Crosby. He said he's one of these guys that can play till 50 if he wants to. Sure. Sure. And I think, you know what, like the fact that he missed two Olympic cycles in yeah. the prime of his career. Just imagine a- on the, he's already on this level of like, you know, hockey God or whatever. Imagine if he had two other Olympics to be able to cement or further cement his status, you know, it would be of legendary proportions. Like to me, you look at the last number of Olympics, 2018, 2022. I don't know. They don't really count. No, in a way. No, especially the 22 Olympics. Yeah. Um, Bit of a weird one there. Held in Beijing. We're still in the middle of COVID pandemic. And yeah, it was really, it was really, really weird. Uh, I, I can't see any way though that, that Crosby isn't there. I think, you know, like he has stepped up every time that he has been asked to play. And I think that uh, if nothing more, Hockey Canada, who is whatever, uh, they owe it to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, you know, and I think, you know, like obviously all the other guys that you sort of think are going to be locks, your McKinnons, your McDavid's, your McCars, um, those guys are definitely going to be there. I think you'll probably see uh, Braden Point and Mitch Marner and Mark Stone seems to. Those are guys that their their names are definitely in the mix, you know. Yeah, a guy, a local guy, or, or well, uh, you know, a Winnipeg Jet whose name is there's two Jets whose names are in the Team Canada mix. Morrissey, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. you got to think he's probably got to be one of Canada's top six D. I mean, I would think there's other guys that can you can have a conversation about, but Morrissey's definitely, in my opinion, uh, on that list. And Shifley, he's kind of. A lot of lists you see, he's there, uh, mm-hmm. but the he's not on every list, and and he's probably like the thirteenth forward or whatever in on some lists. But I think there's probably room for him. If I mean, it's Absolutely. hard to say We're a couple years out, but you look at the way he's played this year, it's like yeah, ah, he'd be well, amazing to have. Yeah, and, and then- I, love, I, I mean, we've seen Shifley since 2011. Yeah, and um. We know what he's about, and here in Winnipeg, and I don't think he gets appreciated as much in Out, other places outside. as he. No, you know, yeah, we for sure. we, we know what he is, and we like him. <laughs> so. Well, for sure, and I think I think what'll be interesting. So it's tough to project. I mean, like a guy like Connor Bedard, obviously he's mm. been on the shelf for quite some time. We haven't seen him play in a little bit, but he's like the next guy right he's the next yeah, he, sort of heir or parent and and you can kind of say right now you can be like well does he deserve to be on that team um well i mean yeah. like you know this we're talking a year or two years out depending right. if you're talking four nations or olympics or whatever mm-hmm. and all that Connor bedard has done so far in his young career whether it be at world juniors or u18s or blah 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 is you know performed and done amazing right so give him every opportunity to make team canada i say right Um, and so you know like the forward group obviously there's tons and tons of depth there um the the defensive core you know you're looking like guys like like jmo who we talked about kale mccarr um theodore shay theodore uh, 
uh, Dougie Doughty. Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton, yeah. yeah. Chikrin, Shabbat, Evan Noah Bouchard, Dobson. Dobson. Um, yeah. Even like a young guy like Owen Power, he's going to yeah. have two, two more years under yeah. his belt. I, I think, you know, like up front and on the blue line, Canada, we're, we're, looking, we're, good. we're yeah. looking good. Where we, there's question marks is between, yeah. between the pipes. Now, you know. For sure. And then you look at Team USA. Oh, my God. It's the opposite. Well, not the opposite. They've got their up front and D, probably some really good players. Comparables. But goaltending yeah. wise, Team USA is looking pretty. Well, they've got depth. Hellebuck. They've got they got Demko. They got Demko. Yeah, they got a solid top three easily, but then they got a couple other guys knocking on the door. Whereas sure. Team Canada, you're thinking, okay, who's our goalies? Well, and it's uh... and it's ironic because for the longest <laughs> time, you know, Canada, that was a hallmark. We had Marty Brodeur, yeah. we had Luongo, we had our French we had connection, Carey Price, uh, Mark Andre Fleury, right? Yeah, it's pretty bleak. It looked, you know, what it reminds me on? of. Yeah. You know, what it reminds me of. It reminds me of your fantasy hockey goalie oh, yeah, situation. Oh. Sorry, but <laughs> bring that up. Yeah, well, sure. you know, rub salt in the wound. <laughs> but you're looking like you're talking guys like Aiden Hill, Tristan Yari, Logan mm. Thompson. I uh, think I Skinner, think... Skinner, Skinner. But, yeah, I think he's probably, in my opinion. At this point in time, he's probably the guy that you are going to end up being Team Canada's starting goalie. And that's scary. It's, it's a little old... bit scary, but at the same time, he's I. I Two years. I know now, Edmonton where are we is a be, right. Yeah, and I think I like Skinner. I think he's a good goalie. I love the mustache. Oh, I was going to say it's an all world um, mustache. That's an yeah, Olympic and I, I love, winning. He mustache. just seems to have a great attitude. Um. I'm a Skinner fan. I am. Sure. And um, I mean, if he can play like he's been playing the last couple months here, I got no problem with him being Team Canada's goalie. The question mark is he's had a, the... this is only his, what, second year? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's young. He's on, we've seen lots of goalies in the history of goaltending who have two great years and then they disappear or mm -hmm. whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't know. But I mean, you know, you talk about like, okay, like somebody's got Sam Montembeau on their list. Jordan Bennington's there on some people's lists. Devin Hill, Levi. like you said, Devin Levi. I mean, but he's like a, you know, what's, what's that guy? Like, we don't know at this point, right? Yeah. And it's tough. Yeah, I don't know what's up with Canada's goaltending, but it's not what it used to be. But that said, there's two years. Somebody might come out of the woodwork or one of these guys that we've mentioned might really just like come into his own. And, you know, we're talking about him like maybe maybe Stuart Skinner in the next, you know, year or two years, whatever. We're just like he's in that conversation with Vasilevsky and Halibut and these other guys is like best goalie in the league. You know, mm -hmm. I think he's a little overlooked right now um, because the Oilers are all about offense. But I. You know, this crazy win streak the Oilers are on. Uh, Stuart Skinner has set the Oilers franchise record passing Grant Fuhrer for like consecutive wins. Yeah. His numbers are insane. You yeah. know, I mean, they're not doing this without him. Well, what's crazy, like just taking taking a quick look at the Vesna trophy winners. Uh, so the last Canadian goalie to win a Vesna was 2021 
Mark Andre Fleury won uh, in uh, I think that was the that's the bubble year. Uh, he but, won the Vesna that year, huh? Yeah. Okay. But before that, 2015 Carey Price, 2016 Braden Holtby, and mm. you know, it's been uh, a position that for a while was dominated by Canadian talent and is no longer dominated by Canadian talent. So mm. it'll be interesting, I think. And, you know, there'll be much, much Maybe... discussion and then hand wringing oh, by the, yeah. all the pundits. Um, well, you know what they say about the 2014 Olympic team? I think it was 2014. It was because mm. uh, Carey Price was the goalie. Canada won gold. And they just like Canada put on a defensive clinic. Right. You know, they're allowing like 12 shots a game or whatever and winning games, you know, 4-1 kind of thing. And they, there were people saying, because Carey Price was in that there, and, you know, people, whatever, they have their allegiances. They don't like the Canadians, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, you could have put, you could have put, uh, you know, my grandma in the, in that and Canada still would have won gold or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um you know, I, I think that's just like you can't discredit the goalie because no, no matter how he's still there, good your defense is. Uh, he, you know, goaltenders are so vital, like, yeah. they're it's insane. Uh, I, I don't know how to properly love, explain what I'm trying to no, say. No, no, yeah. I love, love, love me some goalies, right? Like, yeah. if uh, just knowing that you have a good goaltender back there between the pipes Mm -hmm. allows you to um do your thing up front right like like if if your tendy is suspect and you know he's suspect and the rest of your team knows he's suspect or 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 she right it gets into your psyche it's just like and you you overcompensate on yeah up front so it'll be interesting i mean you know Cross your finger. Maybe, hey, who knows? Two years, a lot of time. Maybe well, Thatcher, Thatcher Demko is going to apply for Canadian citizenship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or maybe we get a goalie coming out of nowhere. I don't know. Is is uh, I don't want to, like, I'm, I'm just thinking of random goalies. Well, there's... Uh, Joseph Wall. Is he Canadian? No. No. Okay. No. I think he's Czech. With uh, Ingram. Uh... Connor Ingram. Yeah. He's Canadian. Okay, so maybe in two, <laughs> like I mean, he's been having a solid year. Yeah, maybe. he's been he's been okay, right? Yeah. Or like Devin Levi is another guy that I mentioned. Exactly, right? like maybe a guy just come rockets up, and then mm-hmm. we not you know, but or maybe you put my grandmother, uh, you know, yeah. in rubber boots in net, and um, it's just like Team Canada just does his their thing in front of him. So. There you go. We'll see. Either way, we'll we're see. out of time. Yep. We got to throw to a song, our last song of the show. Yep. We're going to go out on a tune by. Uh... Oh, J. 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 Mascus. J. Mascus. Or Mascus. 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 You say Mascus. I say Mascus. <laughs> uh, Dinosaur Junior frontman, guitar virtuoso. This guy's been rocking. For what, 30 years? I don't know. A long time. I saw Dinosaur Jr. in like, I'm going to say 2009 or yeah. eight. And at that time, I was like, man, these, you know, these guys are old and have been around forever. Well, loudest, we're, we're loudest, show, 
loudest show I've ever seen really? was yeah. Dinosaur Jr. at the Garrick Theater. Like uh, you could loudest feel, show I've ever seen was Motorhead. You could feel like the dust and debris falling on you from the ceiling because of the <laughs> reverberation. It was awesome. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't hear for a week. Yeah, but it was a great show. Yeah, I kind of miss those days of going to rock shows and having your ears ring for like a long time after. But my you know forty uh, something year old me is like, nah, I don't. Well, and I like my my hearing the way it is. Sure. I'll tell you, kids out there, tinnitus is no joke. As a guy who who stood way too close to the speakers for way too long growing up, (laughs) I can't hear a thing. Yeah. So wear your earplugs. Wear your earplugs. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's my. But enjoy this Jay Mascus tune as he's got a brand new album out and uh, this one is called what is it where are you going to be or something like that or what do we do now what do we do now yeah pretty close and uh, the track is called can't believe we're here yeah Yeah. right on on talking hockey the hockey talking show thanks for tuning in keep your stick on the ice we'll catch you next time (laughs) 